Welcome to Have You Got Your Shit Together with me, Caitlin O'Ryan, the podcast that celebrates not having your shit together. On this episode, we have the brilliant Nora Lopez Holden. She is an award-nominated Spanish-British actor and also my best friend. In 2021, she starred as Ophelia opposite Cush Jumbo's Hamlet to critical acclaim. She has performed at the Globe and all over London, as well as our fave theatre, the Royal Exchange in Manchester. As well as being an incredible actor, she's also an activist and a wonderful friend. She's a keen flamenco dancer and one of the most supportive and loving people I know. I can't wait for you to meet her. Here's Nora. We're good to go. <laughs> Hi. Hi. This is surreal, isn't it? Yes, it is. Normally we're doing this at home with a cup of tea, <laughs> as opposed to with a lot of equipment in between us. Ah. And Ant sat in the corner. <laughs> Ant's often sat in the corner, oh, yeah. but that's like <laughs> yeah. a less professional yeah. capacity. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. You oh, cycled all this way in a tube strike. Mm-hmm. How was that? Up the workers, first and foremost. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was all right. At one hour, I was like flagging. Yeah. My legs were like... How, how, just how long was the cycle? Hour 15. Whew. Yes, hardcore. I think my capacity is 50 minutes. Yeah. That is, I think, a standard capacity yeah. of like when... And then you die. When you begin, yeah, famously. <laughs> when your body starts going, okay, we need to just yes. stop, just stop, just stop. That's the human life cycle, as it were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, um, so, Nora. Yeah. On a scale of shit to together, how are you feeling today? Ooh, today? Do you know what? Today, te- what, together being 10. Interpret as you will, yes, Whoa. let's say so. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10... Shit to together. Shit to together. I'd say I'm pretty high today. Okay. I'm like an eight today. Tell me more, tell me more. Right, I'm talking sun. Yes. <laughs> I'm talking doing an employment today, okay. which um, isn't, a, isn't an everyday thing. Uh, yes, yes. Um, but just the thing of like getting up early, cycling uh-huh. <laughs> um, in London, yeah. where you already feel like you've got your shit together. Oh my gosh, like, sun in London, London is a different experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. completely, completely. And then, yeah, I don't know, I guess doing a job, doing a fun job, which is like fulfilling, but sort of a bit silly. Yeah. Not huge amounts of work gone into it. Right. And getting paid for it, you feel like a bit of a baller. Yeah, so, so just to clarify, yes. you have been doing a radio job today. I've been doing a radio play. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's an adaptation of a Ibsen play. Nice. And it's modern, and it's about politics, and the people were lovely, and that always makes a difference. Oh. And Yeah. And the good. sunshine, which being half Spanish is uh, huge. It's, it's big, it's, it's big. Part, it's part of, the, part of the bloodstream. Yeah, it is part of the bloodstream, but I do have, the, you know, the condition where you feel better when it's, have, like, sunnier... S-A-D. Is that what it is? Sad. Se- seasonal. <laughs> You're just spelling words out. <laughs> I feel so S-A-D today. <laughs> the clouds are in the sky and I feel S-A-D. Uh, no, it's seasonal something, depression. I think it's that, because as soon as the yeah. sun comes out, I'm well, just like, Just a bit of a D, isn't it, I yeah, think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, okay, so you're feeling rather together today. Yeah, today, yeah? today. Ask me a different day and I won't oh, well, give a different answer. that is answer, the joy but... of the pod. Okay. Um, so, in that case, what does having your shit together mean to you? Mm. What's that look like? At the moment, having my shit together means, like, just existing in the... Na- like, it's wanker, wanker alert. Um, existing, like, with what's happening in the moment rather mm-hmm. than thinking, oh, God, what happens when this job runs out and, like, what am I going to do? Um, future worries and then past depressions of mm-hmm. being, like, 
this didn't happen and this makes me sad. And actually having my shit together is like, well, today, this is happening and it's sunny. And blah, yeah. blah, 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 rather than thinking, okay, well, I finished this radio job, for example, is only three days. So if I've not got my shit together, then I'm like, okay, well, what about on the fourth day? Like, what do I do? Yeah. Um, so somewhat about like being present. Which is almost impossible when you're an actor because, yeah. you know, even when you're in a job, you're thinking about when that's going to end and yeah, what the yeah. hell you're going to do after that is very transitional experience, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, completely. I was just thinking about this the other day because um, it's been, like, almost a year since I had, like, a long contracted job. Mm-hmm. And actually, as an actor, you are being different people, whatever you're, like, immersing yourself into the imagination of someone else and the life experience of someone else. And I feel a little bit all over the shop because I've done bits and bobs of workshops and radio jobs, and that's, like, a couple of days and bloody self-tapes that we end up doing and it's like constantly shifting your psyche and constantly shifting like who that person is whereas Mm -hmm. when you get to sit with a character I mean you'll know for like however many years it's been with Lizzie like you're a bit more settled and grounded into that worldview yeah but because it's been so bitty recently that it's just a bit like god I haven't imaginatively settled in anything yeah you know it's so funny because both of our experiences of acting have been so different yeah so for clarity a bit of backstory about me and Nora (laughs) uh so Nora (gasps) is my BFF and um has been since the age of eight uh we met much like a few other people on this podcast we met at an amazing place called Oldham Theatre Workshop both from Oldham um Nora and I met in a I think it was a Saturday workshop so um, the lifespan of Auden Theatre Workshop was that you would either pay to do the workshops yeah. or you would be brave enough and bold enough to audition for the summer and winter shows. Yeah. And if you got into that, it became a little bit like a cult. <laughs> so Nora and I met, I mean, I tell this story all the time, but it <laughs> was the very that. last day of a 10-week workshop where um, we hadn't really spoken and Nora was this elusive person in the corner. <laughs> and um, on the very last day when we were doing the performance, I heard tell amongst the other children <laughs> that... <laughs> <laughs> Nora had a plan to ask out a boy called Jake. First boyfriend. Also known no, as Rohak is. in Raven on CBBC, Whoa, if you haven't watched drop. that. Hello. <laughs> he, was, he was quite the famous person. And, um, anyway, I sassed up to Nora and I was like, I hear you're asking a Jake that out. To which Nora replied... Uh, mind your own business or mind something? Mind your own business. <laughs> <laughs> and Sass. from then, hence, a relationship was formed. Uh, and then we we did every show together. My mm-hmm. dad would drive us there and back. Mm-hmm. Tim's taxi. Tim's uh, taxi. Yeah, where our relationship seeded and blossomed yes. and bloomed. Absolutely. And, yeah. And we were talking, the other just to bring us back to now, we were on our little cycle back home the other mm-hmm. day. We also live together now. Yes, we do. In context. Um, and we were talking about how it feels like we've entered a new phase oh, of yeah. our friendship. Yeah. Because for a while we were at different, studying at different drama schools in different yes. cities, but we'd like check in. And then we lived in London for a time, but there mm-hmm. was a time where you first moved to London. We didn't see each other that much, weirdly. No. Um... But, like, would meet up in it. But it's funny because, I mean, I think you'd agree that I I see you more as a sister Mm. in many cases. Mm -mm. Um, And I think, therefore, you don't have to constantly check in with Mm -hmm. someone because you know that, like, through thick and thin, that person's going to be there. But now it's amazing because we do live together. All the time. And we can see each other all the time. Mm. Career-wise, though, back to the point that I was making before the the musical that was our life... 
we have had very different paths and, you know, you have nailed theatre and I have been doing Outlander since I graduated mm-hmm. and that's TV and film. The experiences are very different. Oh my God, it's so like a different job. From what you're saying about it being so bitty, I was very fortunate and ended up doing a job as the same character for almost four years now, mm. which is growing up alongside character and, yeah. and, and the... The way that film and TV works is that you learn your scene, you shoot it maybe two or three times in that day and then it's gone and it's done. Whereas theatre is every single day for eight weeks doing Uh the same snippet of time of a character's life and that must be very different. Yeah, like prepping yourself and your body and whatever for Mm. like um, a consistency of performance every single night for like a month or however long it is while still... If you, if you're like a fun kind of actor, want to like shake it up and it not be replicating the exact same yeah. like regurgitated thing, but it needs to have a level of consistency. And we always say this that like you prep yourself for how long the contract's going to be, whether that's conscious or unconscious. Okay. So the last job I did was like Ophelia, as you know, uh, in a production of Hamlet, and that's quite an emotionally intense mm. journey that that character goes on, and it's almost as if I sort of prepared myself for that run so that by the time it was like the last few performances I was so ready to just like not do those words anymore and not have that big emotional journey every night Mm. because it's yeah I mean it's a lot for your body to but by proxy of of doing you know a show like that Mm. that snippet of time is that character at its most heightened experience yeah exactly so you're really like cutting yourself open and throwing it out all over the stage all the guts (laughs) and the blood and whatever else is out there Um, you know whereas with TV and film you get I think a bit more of a, well, I have anyway, a bit more of there was like a slow build yeah. up until that point where I could kind of lay it all out and then it's kind of dissipated again. Yeah, yeah. So the consistency to be able to do that every single time is is a skill in itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I've often thought as well, you know, when I've seen people kind of doing what you're talking about, mm-hmm. which is the bitty aspect of, you know, yeah. I've, I've been locked into Outlander for a certain amount of time, so many actors do just come in for an episode yeah. and leave. And it's always interesting seeing them having to enter a pre-existing space. Yeah. Try and get to know people, yeah. like, suss out who, like, are the big men on campus yeah, and, yeah, you know... Yeah, And then they're out again. Yeah. I say so often it feels like good acting is about confidence and, like, not a up-your-own-ass, like, obnoxious confidence that, like, is the stereotype of an actor, but, like, a self-assuredness of being, like, do you know what, whatever decision I make in this moment is right because I know this character more than anyone yeah. else. And it's so much harder to do that if you're, like, a... Like what they called like episodic ep- guess, episodic yeah. guest or like yeah. guest lead or whatever rather yeah. than like the regulars just yeah. you walk into that set and you own that space so whatever comes yeah, out of Lizzie's mouth is right you know the cast and the crew and you exactly. feel you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when I first stepped on I had a few big scenes in my first episode and I was shitting myself because I didn't know anyone and then after that it kind of um, plateaued a little bit and then you know, in my last season, I was I had the opportunity to do bigger scenes, and by that mm. point, I knew everyone so well that I just yeah. felt so safe in their hands. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. To to go in immediately and do that, I think yeah. that is that's scary. Yeah. I asked you last night in classic <laughs> uh, last minute fashion to think slash bring yes. an object in that makes you feel like you have your shit together. Okay. Yes. So. Okay. <laughs> I've got it because I've sort of always got it on me, particularly at the moment. Mm-hmm. 
and it is, it will be no surprise to you, um, whatever project I am currently knitting or crocheting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bringing knitting back. Bringing knitting back (laughs) with a vengeance. Uh, Hot girl knit summer? Or like, I don't know. Very hot if you're knitting in summer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I do. It makes it helps me feel like I've got my shit together. Mm-hmm. So, what is the project that you're working on? The so, moment? at the moment, I'm making a little crochet bag. Lovely. Which I've made Caitlin one of before. The strap is yet to be adjusted. The strap and will be is down to my knees. But, <laughs> <down to> your <laughs> knees. but the intention was as high as. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm making a little bag at the moment. Um, but I'm always yeah always got something in my bag what is it about that that makes you feel like you have your shit together it's sort of similar to what I was saying before about like keeps me I'm, I'm a bit of a spiral thoughts person yes and it keeps me very much like rooted and keeps my fingers busy and practical on something so yeah. that my mind doesn't wander to like catastrophize in thoughts mm-hmm. um it's also, very mindful isn't it it's like incredibly you, you mindful, have to count yeah, yeah. i mean with knitting especially you have to count the yeah loops rows rows yes and stitches, stitches. yes <laughs> <laughs> sorry mum <laughs> <laughs> actually i mean it will be no surprise when this goes up but like it is for your mum the little oh. bag that I'm making because it's um we'll big gain of Ryan's 60th big on, on Saturday it's going to be yeah, a big yeah. big old event oh yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the practicality of that but also like it's just really satisfying yeah, like to make something to make something and, to, and you've achieved a thing and yeah. you know me and I'm a bit of a I'm quite hard on myself with like productivity a uh-huh. lot and I'm very hard at just relaxing and doing nothing. Yeah. And this is a form of like doing the two things. It is kind of relaxing and meditative, but it is productive. Yeah, <laughs> so and I'm you doing have something, something to show for at yeah. the end of it, which is a real sense of achievement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, my mum's tried many years to teach me to knit. <laughs> um, I can knit rectangles. That's as far as I can hey. get. So I once knitted a scarf for my dog because... I got bored knitting that rectangle and it was, I was like, what can I do with this thin rectangle? Wrap it around my dog's neck. Um, But then when I was in lockdown, I knitted a scarf and I used to take Mm. it to set and I used to do it in the trailer and I'd listen to a podcast. There's something lovely about it and I was so proud of it when I'd done it and I was like, I'm going to do this all the time and then I stopped. But (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is seasonal. I mean, crochet's a bit well, different. Well, listen, so my, so my thing that I was yes. telling you about is a little crochet crop top bra. Uh-huh, yes. It needs not be seasonal. That is very true. <laughs> that is very true. It is but a hobby for all seasons. Yes. It can be. Also very 70s. Yeah. Which, which is, is very in at the moment. So in. Yes. So in the Scooby-Doo look. Oh, yeah. We love the Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yes, we Scooby-Doo. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, oh, we Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> Please, can you tell me about a time in your life where you felt like you really had your shit together? I tell you when I feel like I've got my shit together and there's been loads of examples of this and I'm going to try and think of one to be a bit more specific. I always feel like I've got my shit together when I show up for my friends in a really uh, sort of practical, uh, what's it called, like um, unconditional kind of, material love way of like if a friend's in crisis I'm quite good at just being like okay yeah this is practically what you need like um or what do you practically need like 
I can be your sort of head whilst mm -hmm. your head's sort of all over the place yeah. kind of thing. Um, and it does always make me feel like sort of centred in myself. I don't know, because then I'm not thinking about my own shit when I'm sort yeah. of showing up for someone else. Yeah. I think that's the one that's springing to mind quickly You're because that happened quite recently. You're brilliant doing that. You are always the person that I kind of go to in a crisis. Mm, mm. And I think your... The way that you look at things is very non-judgmentally and compassionately. And But, yeah, I, I really get that from you. Um, mm. I feel like you challenge people's perceptions... Um, on kind of societal norms as well mm, and stuff like mm, that. You're always mm. kind of looking outside of the box to the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, which is a brilliant asset to have. Mm -hmm. I guess I would question, and yeah. you kind of said it yourself, is that you having your shit together? <laughs> is that you... Um, I don't know. It, I find sometimes that I'll pour myself into other people when I feel like I don't. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that is, and I feel that as well. I feel there's a real sense of achievement there, but that isn't necessarily the question. So true. Oh, God damn it. But I think it's, like, it's also fine to say, um, it's, like, if, if it is work-related, yeah. then as an actor, of course it is. Mm. You know? Do you know, what, do you know, I've just thought of one as you were talking, yeah. and actually one that I feel like I did was I had a real sense of pride in myself, which isn't very often that that happens, mm -hmm. um, particularly with work stuff. I feel like I and we generally, actors, are just fucking like perfectionist to our detriment and never really satisfied with anything that we do. <laughs> Recently, I felt really proud of myself when I did a podcast <laughs> on um, a political stream show um, called yeah. ACFM, mm -hmm. and it, it, I actually recorded it, like, ages ago, like a year and a half ago, and it came out recently, and I remember... It's, it's a show, like a sort of left-wing culture show, mm -hmm. and I, rem I just obsess over it anyway and listen to it loads, and my ex-partner sort of knew one of the hosts, and so he put me in contact with her, and then she was doing this thing where she was like, we're just going to interview people who um, are passionate about a thing, not necessarily experts, but just something that they're passionate about and that they've learned about over lockdown more. Um, and we're just going to, like, have a chat. And she asked me to do it about the Spanish Civil War because it is something that I am a big nerd on and that I nerded out fully in lockdown. And she asked me, and at first I was like, oh, my God. And then I had huge, like, imposter syndrome and was yeah. like, I can't speak with authority on this thing. Like, I've just read a novel on it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's, like, people who have, like, doctorates and stuff that go on this podcast. Um, and we did it. And I was, like, checking, like, people's names on the way there. And then she was like, it's not about, do you know what I mean? Like, just yeah, chill out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, funny how we do that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And especially with that content, where it's, yeah. like, political content, that you're like, well, I can't misname so someone or I can't. be like, that's not true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. Filling um, in holes in yeah. just because you're embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I was worried about. Yeah. And then I did it and I sort of, it was like a blur. Anyway, a year and a half later, she messages me and she's like, right, it's going to come out. And I was like, oh my God. I was so nervous. Yeah, Number one, I me remember. and the, the person who like set, set it all up, we're not together anymore. So mm -hmm. I was like, there's a whole baggage thing there that like, do we edit that out at the beginning? <laughs> like, oh my God, oh my God. Um, and then I listened to it and I was like, oh, oh. And it was like the clouds were like shedding. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, this is quite, I'm quite proud of this. And then I sent you and a couple of other yeah. friends a message being like, 
guys, can you plug it? Like, because yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't plug it myself because no. I just, I don't, I get a bit like cringe about that for myself or self-deprecating or whatever. But it was just this sense of achievement of being like, oh, do you know what? I've spoken about something that I really, really yeah. care about and that I took time to learn about and have an opinion on. And it's very personal because I sort of, as I say in the podcast, like I learned about it because I felt like I was having arguments with my family without being able to like back up yeah. the stuff that I was saying because yeah. I knew nothing about it. Um, and then how it relates to like loads of stuff that we talk about, about British politics and stuff like that. And I just felt proud. I just felt proud of yeah. the end of it. And I was like, God, I rarely feel this about acting stuff, actually. Yeah. I never allow myself to be like, do you know what? I'm proud of that, actually. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Because it just feels fleeting. If I'm being really honest, a lot of like acting stuff feels fickle and fleeting. And like you, even the, the, the time period of the time that we're contracted is so short or not or yeah. whatever, but still short in the grand scheme of like jobs yeah. and people's like tastes and stuff are yeah. very fleeting. Like, I don't know, but there's a really cynical view on it. But that's why I always feel it's very hard to like get a grip on what's good. But that's also that's also a healthy way to be as well because I think something that I value about you and always have done is that you your entire identity isn't tied up. You're very successful to an outside point of view, mm. um, but your entire identity is not Nora Lopez actor. No, you have so many shades and strands to who you are. Yeah. The fact that it took you a while to get to that point mm -hmm. to think of something that makes you feel like you've got your shit together is yeah. probably why this podcast is good for existing. Yeah, um, yeah. Surprising, because Surprising. I could sit here and list so many things that I think about you. One thing is your activism, your passion that you get from doing that. Yeah. I always feel like you you just know how to apply yourself to those situations. And yeah, I mean, speak a bit about that, if you will, about like what kind of brought has brought you to the activism side of things because I think you've said this to me before is that whilst acting is your passion and all of those yeah. things activism gives you something different yeah and yeah. yeah um so I am very lucky to say that I was raised in a very politically minded yeah. socialist family where politics was always sort of discussed and talked about and a thing to be proud of and a thing linked with identity as well in a like I don't know reclaiming a sort of like um working class like yeah. politically minded matriarchal family that were like women working class women who are really proud to be both of those things yeah but mm -hmm. I always remember even as kids you kind of being that, that way inclined yeah. and you know at the time like I now sit here and say I'm you know I'm a feminist I'm all of these things yeah. but I remember when we were like eight you'd be like I'm a feminist and you'd be like what is that <laughs> who is this weird person why is she burning bras in the, the corner in the same token <laughs> like, in the same token you'd be like I'm a vegetarian yeah. and I'd be like what is that <laughs> I know and look at us oh, well. the tables have turned um but yeah, yeah, that is definitely yeah. how I would see your family as well. Yeah, 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 which is something that, you know, you don't know what you've got until you sort of compare it with other people because mm. it's just the norm. Um, and then, yeah, being an actor, being sort of in, in, in any part of the creative sector, political conversations are often talked about yeah. with regards to, like, co the content of the stuff that you're doing. People love to have, like, big write-on chats in, like, these rooms. And then I sort of started to realise slowly, because we were, as you were saying with the workshop... A lot of, structurally, the way that that 
um, youth like organisation is run is very brilliant mm -hmm. and inspirational and something that I'm yet to write an article about. I want to write something about it, yeah. basically, because the class politics of it are sort of dealt with in such a natural and like safe way for people. So there's like different tiers of pay. Yeah. There's like different things like that that just mean that you feel, I don't know, structurally it's sound. Yeah. So you don't question things that much. Yeah. Not everything, but then there's other stuff that yeah, we've talked yeah, about yeah. before. But like it was going to drama school and then leaving and then starting doing jobs in theatre. Again, I I learned about theatre through my grandma who was a big socialist and she talked about these radical theatre troops who would like travel the country and and um, sort of hold the government to account and hold the institutions to account and stuff through the plays. So I thought about it as this, like, radical art form, mm. apart, apart from, like, the big grand places that I didn't really care about or yeah. whatever. But as soon as I got to drama school, everyone was talking about them. And then it was only in, like, being in these big theatres where, where I was like, God, people love to talk the talk with the actual plays, but structurally, they don't give a shit. No. They don't give a shit. It's just, like, exploitative. It's, like, profit-making. Um industry the donors are like the richest of the elites of the elites of the elite. i mean like a classic example is you'll go to see a play such as road which yeah. is very much you know by jim cartwright which yeah. is very much about like a working class street uh -huh. in the north and tickets for that will be a hundred pounds plus and it's you know it's, it's alienating the very people that originally that kind of theater was made for yeah exactly exactly and it'll be like rich i mean it was on recently at the royal court yeah. in, in on the king's um, in sloan square You've got these characters who are like northern working class, like characters during like Thatcher's Britain, and it just ends up being like rich people watching that as like an exhibit, and then yeah. having an opinion, passing judgment on that, and being like, oh, and then a nice glass of wine downstairs, a nice six pound glass of wine yeah. downstairs, and then like talking about it with their friends, and that's it, that's the end of it. Yeah. Whereas like someone else could go to see that and be so triggered by like what that is and yeah, how that's yeah, affected yeah. their family, their experience, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And just those, like, conflicts I just found really, like, um, I mean, frustrating to put it lightly, but, like, ex I got existential about it, to put it, like, the opposite. Which is mad because, you know, in a way, theatre, you have that dynamic more so than TV. Yet people yeah. in for TV shows are getting paid fucking yeah. tonnes of money. But it's not the same as that because it's in people's homes yeah. and it's like you know families in a living room watching something and yeah yeah it's the access that it the reaches access, there's way more cross section yeah. of like anyone and yeah. anyone who's got a tv you know as opposed to all these theaters have these really well-intentioned like initiatives yeah. to get different people into the theater and like different but it's still it's like a rich person's space you yeah. walk in there no matter how cheap the tickets are there's been few times i can count on like a hand that it's completely transformed who the audience have been. And there was mm. one recently at the Royal Court that for black boys who've contemplated suicide when the hue gets heavy, um, which was just incredible transformation of, like, who was in there. Yeah. And it completely changed what that experience was to go to the theatre rather than, like, yeah, who you're usually sat with. Yeah. Um, and all of these thoughts started happening at a time where this group popped up that was a socialist theatre yeah. radical theatre makers group, reading group, where they'd meet once a month and they'd talk about these kinds of things and have conversations. And it was a way to, like, meet people who sort of were, like, minded in this. And and it just, like, the serendipity of those two things happening at the same time meant that I met this brilliant group of people who were, like, just involved with shit. Yeah. And it was, like, 
sort of hit the crossroads of being like, I can either be frustrated about this my whole life and be frustrated at myself that I've chosen this career where yeah. actually like the limits of my radical potential extend themselves only to like the content of the stuff that I'm saying, but mm -hmm. structurally it doesn't matter. It's rich for rich people who aren't going to yeah. change their minds on anything. Um, or I can like channel that into activism and then just have a nice time yeah. <laughs> when I'm, doing, when I'm yeah. doing acting. And then every now and again, some brilliant job will come along where I can, you know draw from that but I don't have to shoehorn my politics into every acting job yeah. that I'm doing yeah because it's just therein like depression lies of course I used yeah. to do this thing where I so I've been as you know I've been cast as like the young female yeah Shakespearean whatever and you know we, we have endless conversations about like actually it's quite progressive for his time and like actually yeah. this is quite but like ultimately it's not and like ultimately yeah. there's so much like there's limitations to like how relatable a young woman of now I can make this completely young female character that was written hundreds yeah. of years ago by a man yeah. in you know and so I'd be like have this like like one line and three pages and I'd try and imbue it with like as much feminist power as possible and you're just like it's well, so I, I literally went to I went to see the Tempest I think it was yeah. at, um the Royal Shakespeare Company um and they I stayed, it was like a Q&A afterwards, and oh my God, oh God, the audience could not get over the fact that, oh, what's the female character in... Miranda. Yeah, that she had picked up a log. Like, oh they were like, she just, she just would not do it. She just would not do it. And they were like, yes, we know, but we've tried to adapt oh it. That there God. also wouldn't be fairies, and there also wouldn't be all of these things. And they were just like, but they, she would not pick up a log. It's in the, so it's, no matter how much you work, yeah. there's still people out there who just want to see it yeah. as was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Frustrating. Yes. I guess a side product of activism, mm -hmm. and, you know, I think about this a lot in, in terms of, you know, environmental activism or something yeah. like that, is when you, you can feel like there's no hope or you work and work and work and work yourself to exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, how do you take care of yourself? Oof, community. Yeah. Like a, a community of people um, who are all sort of to varying degrees have burnout, <laughs> to varying degrees have like pent-up energy that they mm. want to like channel into something. But just, I mean, <clears throat> the most obvious example was that of that was like canvassing during 2019 election, the snap election that happened, everyone of our group, like, just poured themselves into canvassing any, like, minute of every, every minute of every day because we had a limited amount of time and everyone was broke and everyone was, like, running to all of these marginals and stuff and got burnt out really quickly. But yeah. it was, like, so clear because it was like, okay, well, once the... What was it? 19... day was it? 12th? 12th of December? Whatever day the election was... Um, once that day is over, okay, then we can rest, then we yeah. can rest, then we can rest. Um, obviously, it was a horrific result. <sighs> and then so. afterwards, yeah, <laughs> afterwards, everyone was sort of in mourning and yeah. just so grateful that I wasn't on my own. My mum was doing the same thing, but she sort of didn't have a yeah. community of people around her to sort of, yeah, like check in with and get support from and stuff. But I don't, I don't think it would be possible yeah. to not run yourself into yeah. the ground and to not just lose all Hope. optimism without, yeah. you know... Checking people in with people. Exactly, yes. exactly. So on that, yes. um, can you talk about a time in your life where you felt like you really didn't have your shit together? So last year, I came off a job. Uh, last year, towards the end of the year, I had a couple of months of, like, complete change <laughs> in my life. Every aspect of it, everything mm -hmm. was, like, in flux. I finished a job that I was waiting to start for two years. Yeah. 
that finally finished. There also, was a, knowing that it was going to be a huge job. Knowing that it was going to be a huge job, exactly. What the, you put on that mentally. Yeah, the build-up to that, which, mm-hmm. again, like, I could talk about that until the cows come home because it was, like, I was terrified for two years. Mm-hmm. I had, like, imposter syndrome about it. I was like, this is a... This part, no one can do... Like, how how do you solve this part? It's, like, the hardest part in the world. I don't know what to do. do I don't know what to do. Like, like Ophelia. <laughs> I just solve a problem like Ophelia. It should be that. Um... <laughs> And and I just worked really hard and the rehearsal process was quite fraught for loads of different reasons. Mm-hmm. I also put a lot on that because there was going to be big career moves during that job, yeah. um, which affected like how I did the part and things like that. I moved house. <laughs> I came out of a huge relationship. Yeah. Um, and it was just my life was in flux. Mm-hmm. And it was for the better. I remember there was one week that, I made loads of decisions, like, back-to-back. And a lot of people were like, whoa, you're brave. often what happens. But then that's, like, what I kept saying. I was like, well, actually, you get the, the, like, adrenaline rush from one and you sort of go into the other. And there was something that rooted that bravery all the way through, which was that I was doing a job every night and that consistency, which is something that we don't, as actors, have very often. So when you have that consistency of you know what you know what you're getting up for you know what you're yeah. doing of your day you know what your day schedule like and you come home and you prep for the next day yeah you've got a tether so actually it gave me that courage to sort of deal with other more precarious things that I had to make a decision on or whatever um and so there was this period of time where it was like you know influx meanwhile I'm playing this incredibly like emotionally sporadic mm. part every night and then me and you ran away to New York for a week. Caitlin was like, so I'm going to America um, on uh, on Outlander's dollar. <laughs> do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, I do. We ran to New York. We were like both exhausted for oh various different reasons, just wandering around the streets of Manhattan like two dark, zombies. Dark days. Dark days. Um, and then we came back. We moved house again, yeah. like flux, flux, flux. I was running around like a crazy mm. person. Then good old mother COVID yes. came a knocking. Yeah. Uh, Omicron. S- um, Omicron, that Christmas Omicron. <laughs> little stocking filler. <laughs> little stocking filler that we all loved. Um, and it was just, yeah, my body being like, stop. You were forced to stop. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah. And with that came emotional. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, I've been running on yeah. like shaky adrenaline for like two months, three yeah. months. And distracting myself with things. And I think we, so often as actors, we're like, but if I get a job, then I'll be fine. But so often those jobs can be a distraction for everything that's not fine underneath. And I haven't had a big job since then. And so I've been forced to like face all the stuff that I don't think about because I channel it into like work. work. Um, So I guess that is the most immediate time is when I, yeah, when I sort of, my body was forced to stop and then reckoning. And that also like coincided with going home. And I have, I love my family very, very much, but we are not a repressed of emotions kind of family, <laughs> much the opposite. Um, they, yeah, my my mom sort of sees me. She sees when I'm not okay. Yeah. And that worries her. That she's yeah. implicated in that. So there's a lot of like, you know, opening the soul up over the dinner yeah. table rather than just... Hey, let's ride this out for a bit. Yeah, yeah. So it was quite emotionally intense over Christmas. Yeah. Um, so I didn't quite feel like I had my shit together then. But you feel like you're coming out of that. Yeah, I do. And I do think it's seasonal. <laughs> it's seasonal and it's like acceptance. Yeah. And about various different things I was telling you about 
you know, about like this breakup that I've been through yeah. recently. I feel like your body can only like mourn the loss of something so much yeah. or be sad about something so much before you just reach an acceptance and you're like, okay. Yeah, I also feel like uh, dread is such a powerful thing yeah. and like dreading the end of a breakup, what that's going to be like, dreading a show coming to an end, yeah. what that's going to be like, dreading getting COVID, what that's going to yeah, be like. Yeah, yeah. And actually the things happen and you just kind of deal with it yeah. and the pain gets less yeah. and obviously with covid for some people it was awful yeah thankfully we had an okay run of it yeah, yeah. um but i remember at that time thinking oh wow like the worst has happened yeah um because yeah. for, for two years yeah. we've been away from and now it's yeah. hit us and, yeah yeah you know although you were wheezy mcbleezy oh my god upstairs yeah. <laughs> bless you you were you had a cough and it just the coughs kept coming off but yeah, I'm trying to think. I've, you've said it a few times and I'm really trying to rack my brains. I have recently determined what I think happiness is and yet it's flown out of my head. But basically, so if you can think of the word, that would really help. Happiness is when you can kind of weather everything. Things can roll off you a little bit more because yeah. you know that you have know what capacity you to deal with everything. I know what it's you not mean. that it's word, like, though. It's like... Uh, resilience. Resilience. There you go. Not with a C. So, to summarise. Resilience. Happiness. <laughs> yeah, resilience. Is resilience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does not begin with a C. But it's that's true. what I think it is. That's what yeah. I've come to learn about myself, is that as long as I have a level of resilience, I can take anything yeah. and still maintain a happiness. Whereas, like, when I've felt overwhelmed, yeah. my entire skin has felt sensitive yeah, yeah, to yeah. everything. And I'm like, that hurts, that hurts, that yeah. hurts. Like, you know, because at the same time, we were looking for somewhere to live. It was fucking yeah. impossible, man. Like, yeah. it normally takes months to find somewhere in London. It took us, like, five months, honestly. Yeah. We were so stressed. And I'd just come out of a job and a relationship and all of those things and was feeling all of that, you know, yeah. and I just remember feeling not resilient to anything and, yeah. and one single thing could tip me over the edge and I'd just fucking scream. Yeah. Like, I was crying every day. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and you were similar, you know, it was... But I think what we're building towards now, hopefully, and what I see in you is a resilience yeah, that yeah, is yeah. coming through. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, thank you for that. Hey, Ant. Hey. You do a great job in editing this podcast, might I say. If people like the podcast, what do they need to do? Like it. What else? Follow it on social media. And then what? They could share it with every single person they know. Thanks, Ant. You can go back to your corner now. Bye. Okay, three things mm -hmm. that make you feel like the shit. Haha. <laughs> the shit. Oh, okay. One of them is... I hate to sound like a parody of myself, but flamenco music. Oh, flamenco music, flamenco dancing, okay. flamenco vibes. Yes. Um, Are you half Spanish, Spanish? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. And just to tie into what we were just talking about yes. before, I identified last weekend when I was journaling that yes. my Spanish life my Spanish identity, my Spanish whatever it is inside me that like comes out, my yeah. Spanish personality, which is completely different from my English personality, comes out, gives me resilience. Gives okay. me resilience where I'm feeling precarious and emotionally in like turmoil, being in this bloody city that never makes you yeah. feel good enough, all of these things. Channeling into this other half of me that I've always had since I was a little yeah. <laughs> cold girl with loads of vests on in this freezing climate. Um, it gives me resilience because it's like, oh, there's this whole other part of me that isn't yeah. part of this, like, yeah. Thing. That's so interesting. Um, but flamenco makes me feel like the shit. Okay. And I always, yeah, just channel a different kind of 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's just loads of strength in that music, yeah. and there's loads of like sass in that music Slamming that's about like being proud and yeah. 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 So flamenco. Great. Um, the shit, the shit, the shit, the shit. What makes me feel the shit when people laugh at my jokes? <laughs> <laughs> so Listen. fucking shallow and like oh, fickle, no, but I come love on. That. When people laugh at my jokes, it's always a little. F- at you. Oh my god, completely. It's always a little like. There's a storyteller in you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there is. Um, and my friends, uh, but it is. It's true. I mean, it's a cliche for a reason, isn't it? It's like I just feel we. I keep. I mean, you know, speaking to people at the moment, like going on dates and stuff and when they're a bit shit and you're like, my friends are so sick. Yeah. Like, my friends set the bar for yeah, like, yeah. you know. Bare minimum. Bare minimum for like great conversation, yeah. great banter, great vibes. Like, yeah. m- we're in a group of friends who love playing games. Yeah. Sometimes you offer like the chance to play someone and they're like, games? Yeah. Well, you're 27, you want to play a game? <laughs> like, oh, you, you're a sad person. <laughs> You'll have a sad life have a laugh, if you don't like games. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Um, so yeah, my friends, I guess, make me feel the yeah. shit. The real loves of our lives. Yes, correct. Absolutely. Okay. To counter that, three things... I've done this the wrong way around. You wanted to end on a high, didn't I you? I wanted to end on a high. I've really, I've really ruined the, uh, the emotional wave of this. But hey, we're resilient. We can last. Okay, so to counter that, three things that make you feel like shit. Uh, three things that make you feel like shit. Only three? Um, feeling. <laughs> feeling like you're being taken out of okay makes you feel like shit tell me more we've just been talking about it just before this podcast started Mm -hmm. in our job we so often are like you know dispensable and um we put so much work into things and our time is precious but also just like assumed yes (laughs) free time we're so desperate to work yeah because we're so desperate to work this industry is so oversaturated I think this is what's brilliant about this group that I was just talking about before, this socialist theatre workers group, that, like, making yourself as an as an actor, as a creative, as a, like, self-employed person, mm-hmm. value your time and work as, a, like, through a socialist lens of being, like, well, that is, like, free labour that you're doing, prepping for an audition or going to a whatever, yeah. that so often we don't think about because it's, like, well, anyone just, like, we just want to work and, like, yeah. just to be great, this, like culture of just being grateful for any yeah. scraps from any table that this just makes me feel like shit because I have so many and we all have so much to say about it and so much like critical thinking about it and yet ultimately you're still at the whims of the thing so yeah. I find myself like you know like being like this is what's happening like structurally but then I'm still you're waiting so to find out about it. that goddamn thing <laughs> and I'll take it if yeah. they're gonna do <laughs> everyone always asks me they're like what kind of what acting work do you do and I'm like the one that comes, yeah. like yeah. literally, just like what do you want to do? Whatever they give me, I'll do it, yeah. babes. Um, so that makes me feel like shit. Mm. Uh, what else makes me feel like shit? Um, missing things, missing people, missing places. I'm always missing where I'm not. <laughs> My ex would point that out in me because he was someone who was just quite content with whatever yeah. the situation was. But because I was born uh, and grew up, and when I was seven, I left Spain. And then my parents split up and my dad moved back to Spain. So when I was in England, I'd miss Spain and I'd miss my dad. And Mm. when I was in Spain, I'd miss my mum and England and my English friends. And I just feel like I've grown up with that. And so I'm always, yeah, and I'm always sort of doing that. So Mm. now I'm going to Manchester tomorrow and I'm really excited to see my family and I'm sort of like missing them. (laughs) 
And then I'm in Manchester and I'm like, God, I wish I was back in London. Oh I hate, I hate it, yeah. But I wonder, I wonder how much, yes, I feel like that is definitely um, more apparent in your experience, but I think that is the human condition. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's difficult. It's, I, I remember a really profound moment that we had in Edinburgh. I think we were talking about this. Go on. Um, not that profound for you, that's fine. <laughs> 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 sure. But no, but we, we were in Edinburgh, we were visiting our friend Abe, and we'd gone into a... Choosing, choosing the menu. Food yeah, yeah. shop. And we were trying to choose a smoothie. <laughs> and I... There were so many choices of smoothie that I was so overwhelmed. And I was, like, waiting for you to make a decision mm, mm. so that I could either decide whether yours sounded better than what I wanted yeah. or whether I should choose something else because it sounded shit. And I was like, what is... And I can't remember how we started talking about it, but it's like, I was so... I just wanted to make the right decision because I didn't want to regret making the wrong decision. Yeah. And, and you said, similar to this, is that, like... Just be content. There's more smoothies in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's more. Like, so there's wise. Gonna be more, there's going to be more opportunity. But then we had a larger conversation about what is that thing. And yeah. I think you mentioned your ex at that point of saying yeah, yeah. that he could just go into anywhere and he'd be like, oh, well, this salad's a bit shit, but, but at oh, least well. I've got some leaves. Yeah, like, yeah. And that is a beautiful quality to have. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I still feel it now. And it's not just it's not just about making the right smoother decision but it, it might be about is it something about like something like it sounds a bit deep but like better existing somewhere that's not where you are yes. like the, something outside but, of yeah yourself. like something outside is better so if I choose this thing it's going to be shit but there's something better on the menu that I could be choosing yeah like, exactly but that is just classic grass is greener yeah you know that is on a minute level and then a smoothie is the minutia but then on a, on a larger scale that's why you know we're all I don't know discontent is yeah, that word yeah, yeah, floating yeah. around thinking yeah. that there's better decisions and, and actually the path that you've chosen there's something to be content with that yeah that's true but on a larger scale missing your dad in Spain <laughs> smoothies <laughs> smoothie missing absent your dad in parents Spain. you know <laughs> um, yeah so that missing things yeah because also just like when you do miss people yeah. or things or places, like there's a yearning and oh like gosh, it's, yeah. it's like palpable, like but physical it's pain. It's a different culture as well yeah. that you're missing out on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And language. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, that is such a huge part of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that makes me feel shit. Yeah. There's one more, wasn't there? Yes. One more um, feeling like. Oh. Fucking not being able to sleep. Oh, oh my God, oh my God. Yes, yes, Which we yes, talk yes. about oh until God. the cows come home. Oh I don't know God. if that's not big enough for this an answer. No, 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 but... this hasn't been... This is. This would actually be one of mine as well. Oh, um, oh my it's God, it's truly the, wor the worst hell. thing in the world. It's hell. It just, it's awful. Especially because like, I identified as like... A sleeper? I, I'm a sleeper. Oh my God, I you were such a smug sleeper I was such that. a smug sleeper. I was yeah. like, I'm like a nine hours minimum kind of gal. And like, just recently or just randomly, like we'll just go through periods of time of, like, complete insomnia. Oh. And it's just the worst. There's no rhyme or reason. <laughs> We're the same. And I hear you upstairs doing, like, yoga at, like, 4am. Honestly. Honestly. I'm like, oh, she can't sleep. Well, okay. I got told that if you're lying in bed not being able to sleep, you should get up and do some admin, i.e. fold some clothes. Yeah. Yeah, you told me mats. this. And I had a very tidy bedroom and some eye bags because it didn't help. <laughs> I was just knackered. But, you know, my drawers were in order. So thanks for uh, that. <laughs> it, is, it is horrendous. There's nothing like it. It completely affects your mood. Yeah, it's like, horrible. Yeah. Horrible. It's, yeah and if I haven't slept, I just can't think properly about anything. No. 
Just so emotional. I'm so, so emotional. emotional. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, I'll wear myself out that day and I'm going to be like, boy, I'm going to sleep so well tonight. Get into bed. Lay there with Hell? my eyes open. Hell? It's horrendous. Racing thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, what, what are your top tips for dealing with I it? Mean, I mean, you literally have tried everything. Literally, literally. And some days things work and sometimes things don't. I was, like, taking these, like, mushroom tablets for a bit. <laughs> they weren't, like, hallucinogenic mushrooms, but, like, herbal-y things yeah. that I bought on a pyramid scheme. And yeah. I was like, yeah, these are amazing, <laughs> these are amazing. And then, obviously, they stopped working. Writing down your thoughts sometimes helps. Empty in your head, yeah. Read, I'll just, I'll read. just read, like, five chapters or something. get too invested. Listen to a podcast. Get too invested. Yeah, the podcasting. Oh, I'm you invested. have the sleep cast thing I as well. Does that Headspace. Work? Headspace. And yeah. it has a sleep cast on it. And it, there's the sun that I find too interesting there's some that I find too creepy the sweet spot is this Scottish guy oh, talking yeah. about the Highlands yeah. and a glen and a lock wow uh, have you been to the cat marina? I have been to the cat marina I found that too interesting because of the cats lock cat dormant marina. is the Scottish one that I listen to um, yeah so it's like cats cats it's cats <laughs> it's cats on a boat I think okay yeah there's, also, there's loads on there but oh. the Scottish one sends me right off feel like I'm back okay, at work. Great. Back at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After sleep, early pick up tomorrow. Um, something that makes you lose your shit in a negative way and then we'll do a positive one. Um, entitled entitlement. Entitled privileged entitlement. <laughs> People who... I f- feel so entitled, have never had to think anything other than their own sort of, you know, wall of privilege and the vast array of shit that other people have to deal with day to day in the world that we live in at the moment and the politi- political shitstorm that we're in. And just a sort of like lack of, you know, an apathy or a sort of lack of engagement with it or enthusiasm because they don't have to. And I just think, I just think like um, lack of education just isn't an excuse anymore no. or like lack of like engagement with anything isn't really an excuse anymore. It just feels like every time something else happens, it can't really get much worse. Yeah. And so that, that excuse wears thin now of like, well, I don't know. I didn't know that. <laughs> like, I don't know, not paying my taxes or whatever. That's obviously a really obvious example, yeah. but like things like that, that, that makes me lose my shit so often. Yeah. At the moment. I guess I came from the um, a demo on Saturday and a lot of that was being spoken about, about just the cost of living crisis mm. r- rising at the moment and the implications that that's going to have. And, like, we marched through, like, uh, Regent Street and Oxford Street and, like, the home of commerce and, like, you know, consumerism and stuff. And you're just like, like how is, it, is this existing, like, at the yeah. same time? And that makes me lose my shit. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. I was seeing like tweets this morning, which were MPs trying to pit people against um, like the train strike, mm-hmm. saying that like railway workers get paid like way more than nurses and oh um, doctors and stuff like that, and uh, and teachers, I think it was. And then someone was tweeting like, "You're an MP, you get paid like fifty thousand pounds more than the two of them, and you have the power to change the dynamic." Like Insane. they're literally just trying to pull the wool over our eyes. It's just so sad though, as well, because like just as a, I mean, it was it, just as like culturally in this country, people just don't anymore. Thank you, Margaret Thatcher. Like think about these things as a as a like 
like striking as a normal thing for yeah. better conditions or and yet we had this fucking jubilee four-day weekend the other day that last a couple of weeks ago and people were like oh my god great a four-day weekend and you're like people have been trying to fight for a four-day yeah. week for so long like yeah. for that to be the norm because you shouldn't identify with your work and yeah. life is like much more important and that is a possibility that's not like without the realms of like imagination yeah. and you know often talk about like in south america there's a lot more just culturally like socialist principles in in people's like blood so like striking or like holding like the government to account isn't such a like whoa crazy thing that I'm again in this country in this city it just drives me wild because it's like oh you can't get to your your commute's going to take a little bit longer or yeah. your commute and the vitriol that comes out for like these ungrateful pieces yeah. of shit like do they know what they're doing to me like I can't get my pret sandwich before work like it's just ridiculous no solidarity there's no solidarity yeah. and it's bigger than that like I oh, yeah. you were you tweeting about like yeah. that it's not if just for the succeed, train strikers yeah. it's for it's for every all the worker, workers, yeah. It will inspire every worker. The workers, by the way, conditions. that you were clapping for every Thursday night yeah. last year. Like, do you know what I mean? It's the yeah. same. It's all the same Not thing. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so something that makes you lose your shit in a positive way. Something that makes me lose my shit in a positive way. Um, oh, my God, when I'm out and I hear a banger. <laughs> I have this theory that I don't think... I just hate niche DJs. I just hate DJs or like just playlists that are like niche and I lose my shit when like a banger comes on that everyone loves and that it's just a crowd just a crowd pleasing kind of gal. An example of a banger please Norlo. So my go to is always Senorita by JT oh. because I think Justified is one of the best albums is it, in is history. It's the crowd. There's there's participation. Yeah, do you know there's call yeah. and response. Call it, oh, we love that. You know, there's what else is there? There's sort of like salsa beat underneath. Um it's just great. It's just great. Mm. But yeah, I I, feel, I lose my shit often. I just have any when you're like peaking on it like when you're troughing when you're like when you've like peaked of a night and you're like yeah. maybe it's time to go home oh. and it just pulls you back in that <laughs> just when you think on. you're going home <laughs> they pull you back in yeah um, yeah I lose my shit with like bangers oh that's a very good one Okay, so a moment that you found some shit out about yourself. Well, every day I started therapy this year. Started therapy this year and found a lot of shit out about myself. Um, it does that. It does just do that. <laughs> it does what it says on the tin, doesn't it? Um, but through me, <laughs> we've spoken about this so yes. much, like you end up, Finding shit out about yourself in the way that you're talking about yourself to a complete stranger. The wisest person yeah. in the world for it. Yeah, you really do. Because you're validating. Yeah, because mm. the assumption is that you're gonna lie on a couch, <laughs> and some like person with a like rich person with a doctorate's gonna tell you about yourself. Yes. It's like that's not the reality at all. You just no. explaining something and you realize it in the moment. And then yeah. if a good if you've got a good therapist, they're like pick a little thing and they're like, hang yeah. on, talk a bit more about that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow. God, yeah. <laughs> but I think I found the shit out about myself because I am a person, as you know, who likes to... Um, seemingly, I seem like I've got my shit together. Mm. And I am in doing... In the friend, like in friendship groups, I'm like the person that holds people together and stuff. And um, I think I know myself quite well. And mm. like, I'll explain 
what's going on in my life to someone from a place of like knowing and from a place yeah. of removedness and be like, I've, this is it. I can speak about it objectively because I understand it. Yeah. And then suddenly <laughs> being like, okay, that's that. Um, that was that was also a realisation that I had in yeah. therapy. And I remember us having this very conversation yeah. in New York when we were both crying into that's our little Italy, Italy, um, <gasps> Italian cheesecake. <laughs> yes, which was we will have a nice time. <laughs> um, but this was a conversation that we had. I think both of us felt something similar, that knowing yourself wanting to have such a grip of understanding about who you are, reading all the books, being super analytical, like analysing every aspect of your relationship with other people, your relationship to yourself, da 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 like feeding, feeding, feeding on information and being able to share that with people in a really concise, yeah. articulate way is actually an avoidance to yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. from actually sitting with the yeah. thing. So, you know, whenever I've felt shit, I've gone into that, why do I feel like shit? I must understand this. I must yeah. put it into a n- nice little box and put a bow on it so that I can present it to myself and to other people. Yeah, um, yeah. But actually what that is avoiding is sitting and feeling yeah. and muddling through the actual emotions of it mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is way less appealing than being the wisest person yeah, in the world absolutely absolutely and when when there's aspects of like your identity that mm-hmm. you from a real from a fear like from a fearful yeah. place that you like put onto that that you're like oh i'm the kind of person who's got my shit together or i'm exactly. i'm the kind of person who like can put this thing in a bow and present it and like yeah. this person's the kind of person who doesn't who comes like a bit more messy and yeah. whatever um then that your whole sort of uh, like notion of yourself is in flux when you're like well hang on a minute like yeah exactly sitting in it and, and I think it and it's been really beautiful to watch um and I hope you don't mind me saying this but as we've touched on, mm-hmm. our relationship has been, we've been so close and we've been like sisters, but there's also been that level of removedness that yeah. we'd come into our, each other's lives, like as and when we needed each other and yeah. stuff like that. And I always saw you as, and like we've spoken about it as well, like older than me, I've kind of looked up to you, all of these things. Mm-hmm. I always thought of you as someone who did, and I was envious of you because you seemed like you had the answer to everything yeah. and all of these things. The joy of having moved in with you and knowing Hmm. you now in such a more intimate way. I thought I knew you so intimately, but is the fact that you don't. And that for me is so much more beautiful because Hmm. it's like I'm, you're allowing me to see every shade of you, which I think in the past has been more, you've wanted to, but you've been scared to do that. And the work that you're doing now that I've been witnessing is to allow people to see all of those aspects of you. Hmm. And that just it's so humanizing and it's so you know it's only making me love you more and yeah. I always loved you but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's 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 very yeah it's a realer form of love I think oh babes so there you go <laughs> that's beautiful thank you shit you wish you'd known sooner <laughs> in other news um <laughs> shit I wish I'd known sooner it's okay to do that <laughs> what you've just said the whole the whole thing that you've just said of like it's so okay and the people that you're supporting and holding will hold you back yeah. and you're not a burden and yeah like it'll, you'll be okay yeah. it'll be okay yeah you don't have to hold yourself in like a little wall of defenses you can just you can just like be 
however you are, you know? You're not a little girl anymore, I think. That's the thing, is, like... Having had experiences when I was younger of, like, actual not being very safe, mm-hmm. probably building up, like, resistances from that and being like, okay, well, I'm never going to be in a position where I'm so vulnerable that I'm, like, yeah. my safety is in question. Yeah. And that's, like, emotional as much as anything else. I'm not a little girl anymore, actually, and just, yeah, still having those same reactions and defences as that, like, seven-year-old girl did when she didn't know what to do. Um would have just got me out of, like, shittier situations now as an adult Mm. because I was reverting back to, like, that. Um, But I think the friends holding you like you hold them thing is, like, a really big thing. And again, like, you can cerebrally, like, I know that and my friends have said that to me and whatever. And We fall back into the things that have helped us survive through such a long amount of time. That thing has got you to where you are now. And there's many people out there who aren't as self-aware as you who would continue throughout life pushing people away or feeling like they can sort themselves out and not ask for help and stuff like that. You know, take... Um, take credit and, you know, as condescending as it sounds, give yourself mm. a pat on the back for uh-huh. the fact that you're working against that thing that has served you for so long yeah. because you're wanting something else. Yeah, and yeah, that's, yeah. you know, that's really to be commended. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Next <laughs> is a shit shot. So... Shit shot. <laughs> my definition of a shit shot <laughs> is... <laughs> um, is a photo... That might be on Instagram or Facebook. Um, that to the or just you know that you have in your phone mm-hmm. or from like a publicity thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. That to the outside eye looks like you have your shit together, um, but you actually didn't at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is one. <laughs> there are many. <laughs> um, there is a picture of me at the. Olivier Awards, don't mm. you know? Um, which is like... The creme the, de la creme. Yeah, it's like <laughs> fancy pants event, yeah. theatre awards. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like <laughs> with my friend who was also in, in the same production and she's like such a f- like f- selfie She like knows the whole thing yeah. and she's like, no, no, like that's not right. Do it again from this angle. And so we were there for like 10 minutes. Anyway, with this backdrop of like the Royal Albert Hall and stuff and I had the dress on and the lights and whatever and she took it and it was very candid and planned. Um, (laughs) And yeah, like sent it to my mum and whatever, posted it on Instagram. And I was just a ball of anxiety that day. I was just an absolute like shit show of anxiety. Mm. I felt anxious like about what I looked like. I felt anxious about why I was there I shouldn't like be there I felt anxious about what people were going to ask me um you know what have you done since I'm like as if anyone fucking really cares do you know what I mean like as an actor you're so anxious that people are going to be like so what have you been up to like (laughs) well nothing actually well I've been up to loads but like you know um and also just posting it and being like I'm going to present like I'm not anxious and I'm like whatever sassy and all of these things that it's just yeah it's a parody because it's like so like self-assured and it's like over the shoulder <laughs> shot and i'm just oh, like inside i'm screaming shot. and crying yeah. <laughs> wow that's a, so that's, that's a, a shit one. shot yeah 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 
But I guess like a room filled with like great people like that. Most of people feel like that. Absolutely. But is this weird like facade? I highly doubt that there's anyone there who feels like they belong there. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is rife in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Nora Lopez Holden. Yes. Have you got your shit together? (laughs) No. As in like... If we take the definition of, like, who I thought I was compared to other people or, like, who I, like, the the part that I play with my friends or, like, in the friendship group, the thing that I provide, no, I don't. Like, not in the way that I thought, anyway. I guess it's just in different, in different little moments like cycling down a road listening to a song when it's sunny and I feel elated Mm -hmm. like that is like having my shit together rather than like walking into a room someone saying what have you been up to since your last job and literally like getting like heart palpitations you don't know how to answer and avoid the question really quickly like Mm -hmm. that's not that's not having your shit I don't know the opposite version of that isn't a definition of having your shit together that like is real really it's just like a sort of lie yeah, exactly. But also also walking in and, and saying, yeah, you've got a job doesn't stop the thousands of other things that have fallen apart in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's all about resilience, baby. Resilience <laughs> with a C, baby. <laughs> resilience. Good old resilience. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. For coming on to my podcast. Lovely. Thanks, um, thanks for the walnuts. Absolutely. Come on. Thank you for the walnuts. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. This podcast is produced by Ant Hickman. The artwork is produced by Tim Saunders and the photography is by Patch Bell. A massive thank you to Cassia for letting us use their song Slow. See you on the next episode of Have You Got Your Shit Together? Now and then I'm just a little bit low I always try to lose my mind in a conversation with you 